What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of Respect the Game podcast. My name is Edward, named after a trilogy, that being my pops. Shout out to my mother and my grandmother for helping raise me too. Please make sure you go follow at Stats for all your up-to-date high school, collegiate, and pro sports coverage. We'll not disappoint. We'll keep you up-to-date with all that's going on in the world. And as always, what is a podcast if you're not doing it with your brethren? Hey, man, Shine Hard is our charismatic good excellence at its finest. That's Instagram, Twitter, Cash App, you, Apple Pay, whatever, man. It's lit, man. Let's go. Yo, it is the host with the most that blows the most smoke, Black Peace, the rap plug, the hip-hop plug. Be sure to go check out Talking Smoke on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your dope podcast from. That's where you can find your boy at. Let's go, baby. Good afternoon, beautiful people. It is the one and only Sedacious Xavier Miles. And even though you can't see me, the sentiments are still the same. We thank you so much for watching, for listening, all of that stuff. We love you, and we don't take you for granted. Thank you for rocking with us. Take it away, bro. Yeah, man. So uh, got a lot of good, good content to get to tonight. Uh, starting off, we in the in the realm, in the world of HBCU. Shout out to all the HBCU graduates out there. I, myself, and Sedacious, Wiley grads. Um, so for those who don't know, we have a very unique situation going on right now with Grambling State University's volleyball team. So uh, this past volleyball season, Grambling State volleyball team finished 11 and 17, and they were eight and eight in their conference. And after, after the season, their previous head coach decided to step down and pursue other uh, avenues inside the school. Didn't really want to do uh, be a head coach anymore with volleyball. She served about look, over ten years, over ten years, both as an assistant head coach and a head coach. So that head coach steps down. Obviously, you're gonna need somebody to fill that vacancy. And who Grambling State? the athletic director decided to go with is Chelsea Lucas, who is also a Grambling alum. She graduated from Grambling in 2007. So the reason this is a big time story is because it's been reported through various different articles out there um, nationally and locally that when Chelsea Lucas finally came on. She was hired on February 14th, ironically, because this uh, story doesn't really show any love. <laughs> um, when she was brought on, since she's been brought on, it's been reported that she has gotten rid of all the players, scholarship and non-scholarship, walk-ons, got rid of all the players on the team that Grambling had previously. Uh, she came on, she had individual interviews with everybody, told them her plans, hey, I'm moving forward with the program. And they said she she tried to keep four to five, well, the athletic director claimed that she tried to or she wanted to keep four to five different uh, play or players. But as the way it's looking now, she didn't get rid of everybody. And if she didn't get rid of them, other players don't necessarily feel comfortable or feel like they want to play there. Uh, so there's a lot more to unpack here, but I'll just, you know, that's that's just the foundation of it. And I'll give y'all more information, more facts as we uh, unpack this. 
she come on the scene and we all know how precious like being able to go to school on a full ride of a four-year scholarship is and how much that means. Some of these players that were on this team, they going into their senior year. And then this lady, head coach, Chelsea Lucas, pops up and be like, yeah, you're not going to be playing here next year. You ain't got no scholarship. I hope you – I hope I hope life works out for you, basically. And it's not always as easy to just transfer, right, Um, because you have to first, if you're trying to still play volleyball, find out, okay, where can I go play volleyball and have a legit chance to play. And if I'm a senior or whatever your, your class rank is, like all the credits that I have here at Grambling State transferable with credits to still maintain, you know, whether I'm a sophomore, junior, senior, whatever. So you got all that minutia. But uh, off that foundation of what's going on at Grambling State, uh, fellas, how do y'all feel about it? Not gonna lie to you, man. I feel like it's it's, it's a worse. Uh, excuse my French. I know we're not supposed to start it off like that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's a load of that's 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 uh, livestock manure, man. And, and the reason I say it is, is because of this. I feel like it's not what you do; it's how you do it. I feel like it's a right and the wrong way to do everything. Um, you don't just go into these individual interviews with the notion of. Well, you know, I, I was as I was doing the individual analysis for this player, that just wasn't going to fit into the scheme of what we wanted to do this upcoming season. No, that is somebody who is, okay, one, I know the volleyball culture here. I've been a player, though it was 15 years ago. I know what the culture should be like, or I know what the vision is of what I needed to look like. And you know going into this that you're probably going to clean house. So as opposed to, I mean, I, I can appreciate it going individually, you know, by everybody, but save some people some time. I mean, if you're going to do it like that, you might as well. I, I'd have been more comfortable. You just calling in the whole team and being like, hey, man, um, you know, hey, uh, ladies, you know, I want to thank y'all for y'all commitment to, you know, Grambling State, you know, University of Volleyball. But as of now, um, I don't believe I'm going to go forward with any of you, right? I think that would have been a bit more, in my opinion, uh, a bit more respect the game worthy. Um, but I just think when somebody goes in there and they clean house and then the athletic director and president of the school don't really have wind of what they're doing, that just gives me lone dictator vibes. Like you you, you want a whole dictatorship and you, you having it your way or, Literally the highway, quite literally. Um <laughs> I agree, actually. Um yeah. I for one believe that it's totally inconsiderate. Um because of what you said before, Edward. It's you got these 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 girls from all these different walks of life. You don't know what that situation is. What's it? Was it? I can see you. Okay, all right. So look, before you before you dive deeper, that they should, I was going to add more context for the people, right? So uh, talking about the AD, this was his comments about the situation, hiring her on. Just as the transfer portal empowers student athletes, our coaches are also empowered to make the decisions they deem necessary to advance the program. So he had that to say, and the players, um, some players were interviewed in various different articles. And they, the players claim that one, they only had like four practices. In those practices, not much. They weren't really 
opportunities there to show skill. They was basically just running the whole entire time. And when they were trying to do drills, it, it was short-lived because she didn't like what somebody was doing. So it's like, all right, get on the line, do some push-ups. So it was more so type of like a punishment. Ah, she one of them. Yeah, and, see. And so, and so, so with that, like I said, the players, they, they claimed that, hey, she came in trying to have practice, talking about she's doing evaluations, but we didn't really sense that there was like a genuine chance for us to try to earn a spot. Uh, so that's that issue that you continue. And that's, so that's very considerate. How 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 so are you a say, how are you a coach? And none of these girls, none of these girls, you feel like you're coaching up to where they fit in your system. Get out of here! What? Red flag. I, I honestly, I'm at the against the grain on this one, fellas. Uh, the simple fact of we all seen the, the 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 movie Coach Carter, of course, classic movie. Shout out to Samuel. Um, it's one of those things of it's not about you know having security about your spot or you know jeopardizing the opportunity. That person has a job title, which is called coach. Period. They got hired in a certain order of like you know you have to respect this person no matter what. That's their job title. Your job title is player. So when your coach comes out there and tells you, hey, run this drill, you're supposed to go with your athletic scholarship with people with the uh, state, city, whoever is paying for for you to be there to do. It doesn't matter if you just got a new coach. It's not time to play around, especially if you want athletic scholarship. They're paying for you to be there. It's not a choice. It's not a you're making money and you have agents. No, you're there by that school believing in you. And for you not to trust in what the school is providing for you, which is a coach, I just feel like, you know, I have to agree. Like, I wouldn't go so dramatic as to fire them or to, you know, uh, to get rid of the players, but I would have made a heavy stamp. Like, okay, y'all think it's a game? Like, when I, you hear your coach come in and say, I'm running evaluations, which means uh, cuts, uh, starters, bench, you know, just trying to optimize the, the, the team to its best uh, caliber. And for you guys to not, you know, just kind of run around and not do a full caliber, which I'm feeling like that's what you saw, you know, it, it's, it's worth that. Especially being in an HBCU, which I feel like a, some people in HBCU feel defeated because a lot of them don't make it pro or they don't get as much, you know, uh, attention. They feel like it's whatever. I'm just here. Like, I'm going to be a star regardless because I'm better than everybody else. And I feel like that coach is trying to start something new, which I'll agree to, man. Like, don't be, don't be the standard of what HBCUs are. Be greater than that. That's how you get us hey, on the map. I love you, bro, but it sounds like she cloud chasing. Hold on. All right. So for y'all continue, I got some more some more uh, drama to stir up in the pot, right? Uh, so at the end of the season, this past season, uh, before she got there, uh, it was reported that 18 players, uh, both scholarship and non-scholarship walk-on players were on the roster. So you had 18 players on the roster. Uh, NCAA regulations allow up to 12 scholarships for volleyball teams, for the women's volleyball team. Uh, so you have that. But as of now, we don't know if anybody has come back um, or, or or is still on the team, considering they, they had 18 before coach Chelsea Lucas got there. So there's that. Uh, essentially, so she, paraphrasing her quote, she's basically saying, hey, I am not obligated to uphold any promising scholarships to players coming on or players who are already on the team according to NCAA regulations. That's her claim. Now, check this here out, right? 
So she was hired February 14th. And on uh, February 26th, it was a viral photo in that Grambling State community <clears throat> going around on social media of her at a Grambling State men's basketball team in the stands as a current volleyball head coach for Grambling. She's in the stands. I see Isaac getting ready. She in the stands with her former team from uh, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Mm, and so everybody, mm. everybody is looking at that being like, oh, so she going to come from University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, clean house at Grambling State, and you a whole head coach for Grambling now, but we see you in the stands with the whole with, with your old team from the old school at Grambling. Basically, basically telling them, hey, man, I, I, I'm going to get these. Sorry, the body you feel LeBron the whole do situation. It. What? And you ain't LeBron, though. See, you can only LeBron the situation when you're a player. I ain't going to lie. We, we, we can't even use – I ain't going to lie. That's another conversation for another day. LeBron has completely broke the mold and set the standard for <laughs> – literally doing whatever he want to do and being the universe and the central center of a team. But yeah, man, it, it, whenever you see smoke, man, it, you, you gotta, you gotta know that's fire right there. So that just would have rubbed me the wrong way as a player, because that just gives every implication that, Hey, I'm really rocking with y'all. So when I get over here, I really got y'all. I'm going to clean house. And we, you, who you said, you, you said you need a scholarship too. Yeah. I'm going to clear the way. So we, we got 12 fit. I got 12 for y'all. I'll just come on in like maybe like a month later and kind of maybe drag it out a little bit so it won't look too quick. And we're gonna we gonna hit the hit the ground running. Yeah, she's uh at at the uh, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. She's been there three for three years before taking a job at Grambling. So you would think that she's been there for three years. She's got players she's been coaching and molding and building up for her program or to whatever her coaching style is. Uh, three years, a record of 37 and 44, and she is 27 and 17 in the SWAT conference play. And this past year, 2021, uh, she went 13 and 3 in the SWAT. So, so yeah, man, we'll, we'll see. I got to go look at the roster for Arkansas Pine Bluff and see uh, how identical that roster may be to Grambling's this uh, upcoming next school year for the volleyball season. So, yeah, man, yeah, man. But uh, keeping it, <clears throat> what, keeping it, go deep. I was gonna say, like, what's the difference? What's the difference between a head coach and a professional team doing that, and her doing that? Come in, they this, just doesn't see what the they doesn't like level. what they see. Uh, um, I mean, so I mean, can... I'm looking at it too. Like collegiate is even more like don't give a care. Some people just don't care. They got their scholarship, they chilling, and they feel like they know people that are more hungrier. I'm is it necessarily all the way right? The, no, but it with, does happen. With the new NIL rules, one could argue that somebody was banking on having that starting scholarship spot and maybe for them to have some type of viability in regards to a, a potential partnership or deal that could have been on the table if they were a part of that program. Now, all of a sudden, we don't know if that gets yanked because they're no longer a part of that program. Um, though I'm not fully adept on how the NIL rules work, I know you get paid off your likeness and that has to do a lot with, you know, your individual success. But I mean, not only that, but, you know, I would love to think the success of the program, but 
hey, if she wanted a story, she, she got one, and they better win every damn game. Because <laughs> now, now you don't have no excuse. You brought in the players that you wanted. You implemented your system clearly. So, you, hey, spotlight on and you if you ever wanted it. It's not concrete. It's not concrete that those players she was seen with in a picture are going to play for Grambling. It was just that picture, and people noticed that that was I her. I got hundred dollars, at least three of them, right? <laughs> I take, I take the, yeah, I bet the hundred, at least three for the transfer. Is so I wish y'all with you. Oh, but now, nah, man, I will say this: she would. Oh, you're good. You're good. You straight? Nah, I'm straight? dragging it out. You're good. You're good. You're good. It's a drag out. I promise it is. <laughs> Uh, keeping it in HBCU, uh, in HBCU world, man. Uh, Amisha Williams Holiday, a beautiful story. Uh, to I guess crossover from Grambling, a beautiful story and a nice crossover in basketball. You see what I did with the word play? Don't call me no cap though. Uh, but nah, <laughs> Amisha Williams, Amisha Williams Holiday. So the WNBA was founded around 26 years ago, if not 26 years ago exactly. With them being founded 26 years ago, it has been 20 years since there was a HBCU player drafted into the WNBA, right? So uh, in the 26 years, only five have actually been drafted from an HBCU. You had three in 2002, and then you had another two in 1997 and 1998, and for just... To, for the sake of argument, for anybody who want to debate over somebody else, uh, Howard, Howard University has three women that have been drafted into the WNBA. So they have the most uh, women from HBCU drafted into the NBA. Um, and now we have another woman, and that being Amisha Williams Holiday from Jackson State University, being drafted uh, 25th to the WNBA, she was the SWAC player of the year. She averaged 15 points, 11 rebounds. She's the center. Um, I want to say they upset somebody in the tournament, too. No, they didn't. They won the SWAC. Uh, they almost, oh, I wish they would have beat LSU. Dang, I wish I would have beat LSU. But, no, nah, man, uh, showing love and praise to Misha Williams Holiday, man. I think that's an historical feat. And keep. I want to put this on record. Out of Fifth Ward, Houston from Jack Yates. I think Maya Crump, she played for U of H. She played for Lamar, and now she's at Jackson State. I think she has what it takes to also be drafted into the WNBA. So who knows? It could be back-to-back -back years, you know, uh, just like how it was 90 and 97. You had Danique Graves, and then 98, you had Karen Wilkins. It could go from Amisha Williams Holiday. Uh, in 2021 or uh, 2022 and then next year you could have a uh, Maya Crump coming out also from Jackson State man uh but no I mean I don't know if y'all have anything else to add but I just think that's a historical feat that our listeners should uh, be on uh I think you definitely got to respect the game and showing her love with that accomplishment shout out to Jackson yeah, State dad is an alumni uh at Jackson State um yeah, man, and they got a lot of great stuff going, obviously, with Deion Sanders and the football program. But, you know, good to hear that, you know, they have – they're getting notoriety all the way around in other sports as well, man. True. Uh, look forward to seeing you do big-time things. Uh, yeah, bro. We're just not going to talk about how ridiculous it is that they don't look at HBCUs more. 
because we don't want to dim her light. We just want to put all the light on her. But just that little side hey, comment. She's, yeah, she's carrying the light, man. She got drafted to the Indiana Fever. So, uh, yeah, man, salute to the Indiana Fever. Giving her a look and showing us a love. Um, all right. So, we're going to take a quick time out. going to get off the sports real quick uh, into culture, what's going on in the world. Definitely thoughts and prayers going out to the families of those who may be affected in any way, shape, or form. Uh, about a mass shooting that happened on the subway uh, today in Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn, New York. So uh, definitely a prayers out to anyone affected from that. Uh, but police are trying to get some art. They're tired of being uh, they t- they're tired of being reported for whatever the reason and the case may be. People go live, got their phones all in the police face. Sometimes for no reason, sometimes for good reason to capture what may seem like or not may seem like what may actually be police brutality. Never for uh, no reason. Never for no reason. <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say it's always a good reason to record. Always a good reason to record. <laughs> uh, but police are now taking out their phones and playing whatever mainstream music video or song there may be out there. And they are doing this in attempts that when someone is recording them, if the video can catch that sound or whatever music that is, when the person does go to post it on Twitter, YouTube, social media, whatever, it'll get flagged as copyright infringement because whoever is posting it don't own the rights to whatever song the police officer is playing. And therefore, the video will be taken down. Um, I mean, that's pretty much the meat and potatoes of it. Y'all take it away. It's just all wickedness. <laughs> and I hate to sound like this, but it's really what it is, man. Like, <clears throat> like why, why, why not just, just do your job the way that you're supposed to do it? Why have to finesse the system and finagle? You know what I'm saying to do your job. You know what I'm saying. I'm sure that that's not in the protocols to play music, so you are recording, doing a good or bad job. Just do whatever job that you're supposed to do. And be on about your way. But no, you can't do that. You have to find some type of way to where you can't be recognized for your wrongdoing. If you're not doing no wrong in the first place, you don't need to play you no music. Care. You care. So you wouldn't even care. If you was actually serving and protecting the community, you wouldn't care about who was recording you or not. Because if you're doing what you have been paid to do, what you have been trained to do, and that's uphold the law in the most genuine and sincerest way to protect your community. You wouldn't be worried about if somebody's recording you. Only somebody who was trying to finesse, break the law, and or be a nuisance to the community is worried about who's recording them. So hit um, dogs holler. Hit dogs holler, man. So if you gotta, if you got, you gotta go to your phone and go to YouTube and put on a Disney song. Well, first off, you you you. you like, what, what, what are we doing, man? Like, <laughs> bro, serve and protect the community. If I hear you being DJ Bands in this, in this China, like, what are you like? What, what's up, man? Like, I, so I have, a, I have a deep problem with that because it, it under, it underlines a, a deeper issue, right? Because we live in a world where we're so concerned about not being caught doing wrong, where. We're not even, the focus isn't on us doing our job and doing it right. The focus is on us not being recorded so we can get away with whatever we want to do. Yeah. Right? And and that's where our focus is. Let me make sure I put this music on so I can go 
you know, go stunt right. this person neck out or go, you know, put this person in an illegal chokehold or do a no-knock search warrant or perform something heinous or something, you know, out of bounds that would possibly get me either reprimanded or fired from my job. No, we are concerned about who is recording us so I can still do whatever I want to do. I think right. that more so exposes the God complex that a lot of people um, who have positions of power and authority hold. I think it's a real life issue that is at hand. And I really do believe they should start doing more in-depth personality screenings for these authoritative positions because the God complex is getting out of control. We got people who don't even want, and it, and and it's really in in the shine of light on it. It's really that's happening in, I think it's Santa Clara or it's Santa, it's Santa Ana, I believe. Um, Santa Ana Police Department. Um, it's a guy who strictly posts nothing but Santa Ana Police Department videos, and he has a lot of traction on YouTube, and they know that he does. And um, uh, just so happened, thank God, a council member of the city was out there and was able to catch him and hold the police responsible. And he didn't even have anything to say. He didn't even have a rebuttal to, he asked him, why are you doing this? And it's almost 11 o'clock at night. People, kids trying to sleep. You're not serving the community. If anything, you're just trying to get this man video taken down. You, you, you like, again, man, we, we need to be doing, you know, deeper background searches on these people. If you have any inkling of a God complex, you can't serve the community, bro. You Or, man, we, you, you just can't, like. We we don't need. When they playing trap music, when they playing, they playing. I don't know what they were playing. It was was turn your body cam on, man. (laughs) Was that? I think that. I think that uh, video. I said was that a. I want to say Vice, if I'm not mistaken. But it was one they said like the police is like blasting like some Disney Channel anthem or whatever. Um, and the thing about it is, with the way social media works. So if those videos do get caught with the music being played, it's predominantly off algorithm. So depending on how much ever traffic that song is getting, more so like dictates how soon it'll get caught or flagged or whatever. It's not just any, it's not just a guarantee that if music is in this video that it's gonna immediately get caught or by YouTube or whatever. And even in some cases, right? I don't know if the police are aware of this, but even in some cases, as it relates to YouTube, YouTube may not necessarily take the video down. You'll just have to, you know, they'll just run ads on the video. So so there's that side to it as well. Um, and I know- For monetization purposes so they can get paid. Right, right. And I know- uh, I do apologize, (laughs) brother. I'm just like, have, have integrity. And this won't be an issue. You know, saying this is only an issue because some cop who wanted to hide what he was doing told cops. other cops, told other cops that that wanted to hide what they was doing, and it became a trend that got caught. And I was just like, America, you clearly see that the people that you put in our neighborhoods to protect and serve ain't doing that. They're looking for ways to do whatever they want to do to us and get away with it. The issue is they're too busy trying to think like criminals and act like criminals instead of trying to do their actual job. And that's, yeah, where, the mis- that's where the confusion really gets bad because 
everybody's looking at each other, like the criminals looking at the cops and the cops and the criminals like, who's going to do worse now? Who's going to keep going worse and worse and worse? Who's going to keep, you know, blurring the lines of everything? You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, how I look at it is like, all you're doing is promoting bad cop work, neg negativity in a positive position. That's what that's doing. It's basically saying you, you can find loopholes around things and you can, you know, do this and that and still get away with things. You're, you're, you're creating... <laughs> criminal like criminal mindsets that's a criminal mindset i'm sorry you're thinking outside the system technically is a criminal mindset you know what i'm saying I'm like for that. people on the, and for people at that level that they hold in a protect and serve level it's like you're not supposed to do that bro you're supposed to lead by example you know right. that's what you're vowing for you know that's what, what you're trying to spread so what is a kid going to think when he sees this cop you know quote unquote just trying to protect himself and all you really just like my brothers just said all you gotta do is do your job that's all you gotta do your job that comes with with everything you know protect and serve you know you made a vow to put your life online and you know the real gonna respect that and the fake gonna say what they gonna want to say and they're gonna feel how they gonna want to feel but your job is to protect and serve not to try to finesse hey man boosie said it best they ain't turn it in they sin they don't protect you. man they don't come on and man. they wonder why criminals have a hard time just getting their shit together because it's sorry get their stuff together because at the end of the day, it's like, where's my good example? Like, the guy that's arresting me just planted something on my homeboy. So how am I supposed to be thinking, like, there's good? That also the got caught on, to be good. Uh, on camera this month, I believe, uh, a cop trying to plant some, a plant uh, plant crack on a suspect as he was getting arrested and was caught having it in his pocket and then holding it in his hand, throwing it on the ground and trying to act as though it fell out of the suspect's pocket and somebody on video called it out. It was like, hey, he didn't drop that. That isn't his. You planted on him. And, and the guy sees and looks at the camera that's recording him, puts it back into his pocket and tries to go over there and, and mess with the camera guy. And it's like, nah, brother, you 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 called and that, on And that criminal, <laughs> that criminal was involved in seeing everything that's going on. And he, that's and like, okay, the good God person that, that everybody looks to be good, everybody that looks to be good is doing some doing worse than what I was probably doing. Trying to put crack on so. Or, so, or exactly. the cop, I don't know if y'all seen this one as well. And I, I know we ready to move, but oh, it was a time. cop. Nah, it was a cop who also um was being very derogative to a group of black ladies, young black ladies. I don't know what state it was in, but he also had a police dog accompanying him too. And he was so heinous and so, you know, so vicious and so, you know, just hostile with his, hostile with his, you know, belligerent actions on a young lady trying to like sumo wrestle her to the ground when she didn't do anything. The dog is taught to attack the oppressor and to attack the criminal. Tell the me dogs. why the police dog <laughs> started to bite the officer. On the dog, yeah, I see. As that. he's assaulting the black young lady, literally begins to like try to take chunks out of a police officer's arm, and the police is like, "Whoa!" And it's like, "Yeah, they know who the real criminal is. <laughs> yeah. They know who the real thug is, bro." His innate, they, his innate senses attacker. and abilities took over. You, you the attacker. You the enforcer. Yeah, she's screaming yeah, and man. kicking it. She dogs kicking and screaming. Even, come on, man. Dogs can even know. Dogs even know when they wrong, man. Dogs know when they, they wasn't, you know, this woman didn't do anything. Dogs, dogs have a high IQ. Man, come on, man. Especially the, especially the police dogs. 
That's definitely something for people to just be be on the lookout for. Uh, and if you're in a situation and you're recording to protect somebody who is, um, you know, being approached by police, if they're playing music, you know, still post it. Um, I know somebody I'm real close with who's a police officer. Probably it'd be cool to talk to him about that down the road if this thing continues to grow across the country. Um, so Let's yeah. have them on, man. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, like even with the, with the First Amendment, you have a right to be in that vicinity and record what's going on. Like that's your right as an American citizen. So for them to try to negate infringe that, upon that, infringe upon right. that's unconstitutional. Actually, that's actually breaking the law because that's actually tapping with evidence because you're interfering with evidence that actually can be used in court to where it's actually you know corrupted. You know what I'm saying? So I was talking to my wife about that on the way here. I was, I was saying, like, so you're telling me, like, that's like if someone tried to get rid of a gun or something like that, because they're getting rid of the main source of, you know, the attention. So it's just, it's, it's going away evidence, man. I mean, similar to what like the guy who said on the video that I was watching, he was just like, what if they was playing music when they was dealing with George Floyd? And we never got to see that video because it got taken down. Or worse, what videos have they gotten away with by playing music? So, so yeah, man. Yeah. Cold world we're living in. Cold world we're living in. But uh, take a step away from that. Uh, get back into the game. Uh, getting back on the court. Got the playoffs coming up. Uh, this week. Uh, mm. but the team that everybody at the beginning of the uh beginning of the basketball season just knew was going to be in the playoffs. Just knew was going to wreak havoc in the playoffs. Or the Lakers, and they are Nathaniel nowhere to be found. Uh, we get uh, Frank Vogel got fired <laughs> this week, um, or this past weekend. Frank Vogel is no longer with the Lakers. Uh, Anthony Davis again. I didn't go with <laughs> LeBron James. Uh, he didn't, you know, he didn't play the remaining games of the season. Who was that they lost to that uh, bounced them out of playoff or the play in? Was that the Spurs? I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> um, Dallas. I think it was the Nuggets. Dallas. Was it Dallas? It was Dallas. Hollywood. Sound like I had to dip, dip on y'all one time. Talk about the Lakers, man. I had to leave. <laughs> nah, man. Uh, so, right now, I think the, the biggest scapegoat has been Russell Westbrook, but if and you got to place, if you got to place blame anywhere, or maybe it's not blame, it just wasn't meant to work. Like, what do y'all see was the biggest problem with the Lakers not having the success that they wanted to have this season? Poor roster construction, and that's just the bottom line. Uh, <laughs> the pieces aren't as complimentary as we thought they were, and I'm not even gonna tear it long before us. Hey, man. We got a whole bunch of old dudes that we signed. I know LeBron. I know you like veterans. I know you don't like playing with young guys. You want to like, you like playing with experienced players that you know know how to get it done. But hey, man, you can't have a whole bunch of thirty-five plus year old dudes who, you know, looking at the next person to play defense and be the one to be that glue. And it's like, nah, nigga, it start with you. Excuse me. It, it definitely starts with you. That accountability on defense, that communication, and then 
you got to have young legs in this league, man. A lot of teams, man, they they have taken their bumps and bruises on the chin, right? You know, uh, take a look at the Warriors. You know, without play those couple years, man, they they struggled. You know, um, picked in the lottery, you know, one year and got James Wiseman. But man, look at what that has done for the progression of Toscano Anderson, Jordan Poole, who's probably going to win most improved. And I'm using the Warriors as a great example because that was a, you know, a top contending team some years back, but, you know, riddled by injuries, you know, they were, you know, obviously less than and didn't make the playoffs a couple years. So, hey, man, a lot of teams have gotten to get their younger players the experience that they need in order to, you know, have that uh, knowledge of, hey, this is how we close out games. This is how we win tightly contested and close games. But, hey, man, too old and you don't have an offensive-minded coach like Frank Vogel who only emphasis is defense. Um, so you, what you're going to have is a lot of freelance offense and LeBron save us on offense along with a lot of defensive principles with players that don't play defense. You're looking at a recipe for disaster, man. I would say, Izzo, that I feel you coming from with the Golden State Warrior comparison. And obviously, I was on record. I was like, yeah, I don't know about this roster, but, you know, y'all have fun. Uh, I think the difference, the distinguishing difference in how the Warriors have cultivated what they got with young players and what the Lakers try to do year by year is that, like, you got Clay and Steph, like, still, like, flirting with being in their prime, whereas, like, LeBron is always in a, we ain't got time to waste. We don't got time to try to develop nobody around you. We need but some still in his prime, though. Huh? But LeBron be still in his prime. It'd be everybody else who... One LeBron in his prime ain't enough. Still kind of in his prime ain't enough right now. It ain't they, enough because the league has changed. The league has obviously changed underneath them, right, to where, you know, Bron can't drag a team that ain't got no business there kicking and screaming with just him no more. And and I don't he, think he, he wants to. He's 37. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I just got to say that uh, uh, Shy Hart, you know what I'm saying, you said that greatly, bro, so profoundly. I really couldn't have said it no, no better myself. Um, it, it's just that that roster and who they gave that roster to, they weren't thinking about when they were constructing it, who they were giving it to. And you can see it fail time to time. Like, I tried to believe in Frank Vogel for the longest time. And then after a while, you know what I'm saying, you could just see Russ was just trying to do the best that he could in the effed up system that Frank Vogel was working. Because it like my brother it said... It wasn't a system. Right. Like 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 my brother said... No before, offensive principles. He, he had no... He had he, he's, he don't have an offensive mind. That's the reason why Paul George struggled in Indiana. You know what I'm saying? It's like Roy Hibbert is going to get blocks and going to get Pick and roll dunks and alley oops, but what is Paul George going to do? Well, Roy Hibbert said after that pace of run, excuse me, I know I've been I've been effing it all up. Because no, you're right, because really without Daddy Granger, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about <laughs> Man, that. Man, the Green Ranger, what happened to Danny Granger? He that was like a man, he was like a Kmart version of a. I don't even want to say that because that's disrespectful. Look, Danny Granger was a nice was a nice player for like two to three years, like all star level almost. For sure, for sure, he got injured. Yeah. You know, everybody came. He did make an all star game, I believe, too. One or two, one or three years. For sure. 
Shout out to Danny Granger, man, wherever you are. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a shout out. Yeah. Right, used to kill boys on 2K with Dan Danny Granger. Ain't gonna lie. Um, did the Nets win tonight? Breaking news, y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie end up with 40. <laughs> and I think just under. Well, no, he probably yeah, had like yeah. right, right at like a 30 ball. I don't know. But no, um, just not hard. That was hard, bro. I ain't gonna lie. We we, we it will be live if we just hit the breaking news in the in the middle just and have our own yeah, little yeah, theme music. Yeah, on. You heard it here yeah. first. Even <laughs> yeah, have our own. Right. You heard it here uh, first, even though you heard it a week late. Nah, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to get in a uh, gonna have to get in a live episode uh, on IG or something. Uh, what are y'all? Uh, what are you, uh, for, the media has for the most part outside of like. Harping on Anthony Davis being injury prone, the media has tried to make Russell Westbrook the scapegoat for most of the uh, the problem. How do y'all feel about that, and how would y'all rate Westbrook's uh, season? Honestly, bro, after seeing him play with the Lakers, I realized for the last few years he's just been a plug and play, and. It, that's if a team is going for that, you know what I'm saying, and not getting him at the beginning of the season and really trying to work something out. Then, and, and especially on top of that, you got Frank Vogel. I, I just felt like it was a this this for Russell Westbrook with the Lakers was a worse recipe for disaster than him with any other team to me. The, I'm talking about the like Wizards. Talking about the Wizards, the Rockets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like a couple things. First off, first and foremost, first first and foremost, all respect to his athletic abilities, his ability to play basketball. But that man is not a winner. He is not a winner. There's no way you play with the, one of the best scorers to ever touch a basketball and not win a championship for, I believe, six seasons. And people wonder why he left. There's no, there's nothing against his actual game. He just does not know how to get the grand dub. And that's what the NBA is about. Yeah, you can have all the skill you want in the world. Charles Barkley, Carmelo Anthony, um, Allen Iverson. But at the mm -hmm. end of the day, if you're not, you don't have that dub in you, it, it, it blemishes your career. And I feel like he feels like, oh, I got the triple doubles. You know, I'm an Olympic star. I'm, you know, I done broke this and I done that. But at the end of the day, he needs to understand, like, bro, you need a championship. And I feel like he's wrestling with it for the last couple of years from the, you know, switches from the different teams and so on and so forth, trying to find that right spot where he can, you know, just take take him to the promised land. And it's like, Russell, you're not it. You're not it. I think he should have been the, the, the best third player to ever exist. But his athletic ability and talent won't let nobody put him at third. And his own ego won't let him be third. So I feel like if this would have happened four years ago, even with the way he's playing right now, they could have got a chip. But doing the fact of just, it's just like, bro, it's too late now. It's it's like you're not a winner. They kept putting you in the winning situations, and as you yeah. never, he never, he never did it. You went to the finals, and everybody said, "Oh, you went against, you went against LeBron." LeBron lost to Dirk by himself practically. Yes, that was an awesome team, but the leading score was just Dirk. So you, how do you, how don't Kevin Come on, Durant? Man, Dirk, oh, look, in that's that situation. not Come on, Dirk. Like, I'm not just talking disrespecting him, but I'm saying, like, 
you're so great, but you're playing with the best score there is. Like, how don't you win? How don't you win? But you're so awesome. Let's like say he's a great player, but not a winner. Let, let's be cool on the best score there is, too. I'm going to say, okay. One of, one of. I get you. I get what you're saying, though. He, he's definitely top five scores all the time. Most definitely. Uh, without question. Kevin Durant, that is. It's all in. Not catching where we're going with that. But <laughs> I think uh, I was. I listened to an interview, bro. Uh, his exit interview with the Lakers. And I know sometimes it can be fluff. I know sometimes they can go through the motions. But I sense that for the most part, majority, like Westbrook was, you know, being transparent as he possibly could be with the question that was asked. Um, and I, it's like, I don't think Westbrook has lost the step in terms of why like he's getting older or anything. I feel like he's been playing how he's been playing for the longest. And he done lost a little bit of step. He ain't got that most explosive first step I've ever saw anymore to where he can just be that consistent one-man fast break. But that's to say how far of a – just how far he was athletically, you know, ahead of everybody not named LeBron James, obviously. That's yeah. in another world. Do you think teams get scared of a W when they play against Westbrook? What you mean, get scared of a W? Like, do they scared get scared they're going to lose? They, they can get embarrassed. They can no, get no, smashed no. on, posterized, huh. you know, triple-double. But do they ever – do you think any team has ever really feared Westbrook when they go up against, like, oh, we're going to lose now? No. I. This is what I think. I think the, the biggest thing that I feel like was missing in Westbrook's career, and I think I texted this on the group chat, I feel like he needed a, a winning championship pedigree coach to, like – cultivate him coming into the league like from jump to be like let me show you how to make play this. point guard and, and win play point guard average your triple double like magic johnson did like i feel like if he had that coming up out the gate i feel like his game would be if he had that people may argue about taking him over chris paul because his if he had the like a Phil Jackson, a Pat Riley, uh, you know, some coaches of that ilk. But I'm looking at like his coaches, Scott Brooks, he came into the game with, right? I want I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I wanna say that wasn't if it wasn't his first coaching gig, it wasn't like he had many opportunities before that. You got Scott Brooks, then you got Billy Donovan, then you got Mike D'Antoni. That offense was all about James Harden, right? Then you go back to Scott Brooks, who you started off with, with Washington, and then you get Frank Vogel. I don't feel like, and by that, and by that time, really after Scott Brooks, like Westbrook is who he's going to be. He spent his first seven years with Scott Brooks. So like at your seventh year, you are who you are. You have born into the player that you are absolutely 1,010% going to be. Maybe minor tweaks here and there, but you are who you are after year seven. And by that time, and I feel like also, too, with those teams, Westbrook has always had the greenest of green lights. So he had the space, he had the opportunity to mess up. Like, you Westbrook, nobody's going to, like, nobody's going to, like, come in and take your minutes. So you're going to continue to average a triple-double, especially when Kevin Durant leaves, because all those shots going to you, because you Russell Westbrook. And when you look at it, 
Right. So since he's left OKC, first year with Houston, 27 points, seven assists, uh, set, uh, seven rebounds, seven assists, 27 points, seven rebounds, seven assists with Houston. Playing with James Harden, who was still in his prime at that point in time, right? Then you go to Washington, and y'all make the playoffs. You average a triple-double, 22, 11, and 11. Now, Bradley Beal is an all-star player, but he only played the games this season. So I think he didn't really have to share that much, that many shots or assists or, you know, handling the rock being on the court because Patrick, Patrick Beverly, uh, Bradley Beal only played 40 games. So Westbrook was able to average a triple-double in that, in that regard. Right. Frank Vogel, you, then you get the Lakers. Now, if there's any space and opportunity, bro, now, I, I I won't fight you. All right, you got AD, you got uh, Dwight Howard, uh, you got LeBron. I'm not going to fight you on not averaging 10 rebounds. Mellow. I, I get it. Okay, that's life. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, we don't need you, Westbrook, to average 10 rebounds, right? He goes to the Lakers. His lowest statistical season, well, not low, well, in points, he averaged 27 with the Rockets, 22 with the Wizards, 19 with the Lakers. Seven seven assists with the, the Lakers and or seven rebounds with the Lakers and seven assists. So he averaged 19, seven, and seven with the Lakers. And you would think, well, he with the Lakers. Why would dude need to average a triple-double? Or maybe he doesn't have the opportunity to really average a triple-double. But take this into consideration, right? Rusbrook played the most minutes and the most games for the Los Angeles Lakers this season. Now, by his standards and in his interview, he had a down year because he didn't average a triple-double considering he averaged a triple-double last year. He would try to make the argument that, hey, you know, I wasn't, I didn't really get a chance to fully be me. And I feel like, I feel like what he means by that is I had the green light at all these other places. And when I came here, that light got slightly dim to a degree because I had to spread the wealth. But that's not really an excuse because, bro, you're playing more minutes than everybody and more games. Um, <laughs> and you're playing uh, with LeBron James. Right, and so you can say the argument of assists. Well, we know LeBron is ball dominant. We know he's the real point guard. But when Westbrook is handling the ball, he's he was leading the lead and uh, most turnovers a game. But because he stopped playing towards the end of the year, and Trey Young had to keep on playing, Trey Young kind of beat him out for that, just having to play more games. But Westbrook is right there at second most for turnovers per game. And not to know Trey, uh, Trey Young actually led the league in total points um, and um, assists, I believe. Total points and I, I forget what it is. He was the first player in NBA history to lead the league in total points. And um, anyway, it, it, it breathes in doubt to why he, you know, led the league in turnovers. He also led the league in some other like player, categories as well. Player usage and all of that. He probably going to the playoffs. Uh, probably not. Uh, who they got to play again? 
I just don't see it, bro. They defense, they can't stop nobody. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, man. So Westbrook second most turnovers uh, a game, uh, last in three point percentage, went to sixty seven percent from free throw from the free throw line. That's the worst in his career uh, this season. Um, and like so, his numbers to decline like that. One could argue nineteen seven and seven ain't a bad year, but judging by Westbrook standards. And it not being in like a winning effort, like nineteen seventy seven, but y'all find a way to win, or it's like productive. That's amazing. But that's that's marvelous. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, man, like listening to the interview, looking at his stats, and just looking at the year, man. Um, like I, the Lakers I might need this lottery pick. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I don't. I don't know where Westbrook. No goes from here with his career. I was thinking about it, like I believe he's going in like to year 15. And maybe like, hey bro, like you've had a marvelous career, bro. Like don't say it. Your don't career say it. Like, please don't say it. Your you career sound like you like, was to say it. Your career is like absolutely like unscathed. First ballot Hall of Famer immediately soon as you retire. Stop but, it. Like what is like where does Cause like, I don't feel like Westbrook is driven to quote unquote win a championship, and obviously that's all we do want as fans. Like, who's gonna win the championship? Like, where does Westbrook go from here? Like, with his career? Because I was thinking about this too, bro. And y'all and y'all can say it. Maybe I'm jumping off the cliff. All right. Is there? We did it with Ben Simmons. Is there 20 players in the league that you feel like you can name that you would take over Russell Westbrook right now today? Yeah, uh, yes, for sure. Yeah, okay. I don't want to have to go and name them, but just, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say sure. I'm gonna need, need that out of y'all. I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need that out of y'all. No, I, I don't do that because what you mean? I can rumble. I can ramble right now. And yeah. yeah. All right, so let's start on his exactly. own team. Right. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm not saying I disagree. I disagree. I just want to be entertained. Brian Anthony Davis, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, fucking Jimmy Butler, Zach Levine, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Like, I mean, bro, hey, and, and let me just say, like, super quick. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie, right now, give me trade. I need that. Of course, I'll take trade in that week. We said that, right? Damian Lillard, win Come on. Of course, yeah. Kawhi, Paul George. Bradley Bill, I said I said PG and Kawhi to the Bradley Bill. Um, oh, I forgot. KD, Kyrie. Luca. <laughs> I said Luca. Definitely said Luca. And shit, James. You need to yeah, yeah, taking James. Yeah, I I but like I think if, if it's that easy, over bro, like where is like how far has Westbrook like fallen? Because like, at this point. I don't know if, like, Darnell, like, is any team scared that they're going to lose because you see Russell Westbrook? I don't know if Damn any team is My fault. I don't – Chris Paul. Chris Paul. A team, <laughs> I don't even think a team is excited mm. to grab a win for Westbrook. Donovan Mitchell. To, like, be like, we need you to, like, get us over the – I don't even think Westbrook has that that on him, like, anymore. Like, it's, it's just like, where does he Well, go? Michael Jordan wants him. In Charlotte, for whatever reason, to stop right, Lamelo's growth out of hey, the ceiling is the roof. 
Thank you. Well, you said it. That's, all, that's the only thing that's going to happen. No. Or, or look, or to put him in that Isaiah Thomas role. Russell, if you can accept that you're not that nigga no more, you can be the best thing smoking coming off that bench, and you can play just like how you want to play. Oh, absolutely. I hundred thousand agree with that. He'd be but the you're not best closing out games. If he can you're not closing out games. You're not starting them. But I feel like you can help us tread water on that second unit. You can abuse any second unit in the league. You ain't that to, point uh, Jamal now. Crawford, in my opinion. He doesn't mm-hmm. talk with Jamal Crawford. Nah, he don't need to talk with Jamal Crawford because Jamal Crawford ain't never been in Russell Westbrook's shoes the way he'd have been. Well, Undoubtedly, the man. So Jamal Crawford is way. No, I, take, I, take, I take Jamal Crawford's offense off of Westbrook's. But what I'm saying is how to be that guy. Like, how to sit, sit your butt down in the first, first couple minutes. This will become a Russell Westbrook slander episode. I don't. I don't want this to become a, a Russell Westbrook slander episode. I, I don't hey, know. I we'll, try to, like, we'll try I to feel like we snowballing. Blame. I feel like we snowballing to there. So <laughs> no, I'm we don't have to. I don't think I don't see Westbrook in that light because I just like Westbrook is a done daughter. So it's just like him come off the bench, like bro. Melo so even had to take that pill one day, like eventually. Everybody ain't LeBron James to where in their latter years, everybody, you still going to be like the one or two option on a championship team, bro. Like, we got to look at LeBron James and like, like that is what we seeing from him. And man, that's oh. another thing too. We going to miss him so much when he gone because we love to just tear him down. <laughs> Not really, bro. We love to tear that man down. But bro, when we look think... back at. My fault, bro. Keep going my bad. I was just going to say, man, when you, when you look back at, at his career in totality, and I'm saying this about both, you know, Westbrook and obviously LeBron James, we will have missed what they provided and brought to the game so much. LeBron with his availability and just never selling us short and being able to drag <laughs> motherfuckers like me in the league and being able to get them to a championship is amazing in itself. And I don't want to hear the people, you were never going to boot him. Yes, he did. He got booted in the first round a few times. Look it up. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I'm not holding none of this shit against LeBron in his 37 years on earth, like, with his 20th year. In the, you know, like, I'm, I'm just not. And the same with Russell, bro. Like, first ballot Hall of Famer. Granted, your style of play isn't conducive with winning. You need the right situation because you're so ball dominant. I don't think you can win a championship with you being ball dominant. But hey, man, I still enjoyed it while it was here. I, I enjoyed that's it. Probably, while it was that's, here. that's what I, that's how I feel. I don't think Westbrook is trash. I don't think like off with his head right now, get him out the league or like make him come off the bench. I still think like I think he has a high caliber talent still. It just seems impossible to make it gel. With you wanted to win on a championship team, you gotta come off the bench, bro. And that's what I hate. And like, and I just, I just wish he had like a top tier coach, that, a great pop. You know what I'm saying? And like that can sit him down yeah. and talk to him and let him know, like, hey, no, you ain't Manu Ginobili, but he came off the bench and was effective and gave us what we needed. But before, I'm just saying, like, if he was young coming in for like a pop, you know what I'm saying? To just like, cause it's like. It deserves to be on the championship stage for whatever. It just hasn't jailed because Westbrook came into the league 
And I mean, that OKC team was young. Like, I, I mean, maybe I, I want to say maybe Jeff Green was like yeah, one nigga, of them. Oh, uh, Nick Collison. Uh, uh, nah, they was all the, they was all young. Serge wasn't a bit. Uh, I just feel like I just feel like man, Westbrook missed out on having like a true blue like vet and or coach to like help him cultivate that triple double talent into like championship basketball. Um, and I think you know this Lakers thing, I don't see him coming back. And trade him. I, I would take Terry Rozier. Who else? They whoever they else they want to give a shit. And Gordon Hayward, <laughs> we got to take that horrible contract. We done did worse. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, what's good? What's, hey, brother, what's the product brother? if it ain't going to stay healthy? I was just oh, about to say, tell me the last time you seen him play basketball. And I was That's all I'm yeah, saying. He's he a great talent he on his, when he's healthy. He on this channel, uh, great talent when he's healthy. I'm sorry. He, I feel like once he got overpaid by Boston that first go-round, he ain't been working since he got that money. <laughs> his best year was that last year in Utah. Let's argue about it. No, we don't have to. Nah, we got time. Yeah, nah, I, I know. That. It, it was rhetorical, but, you know. I, my yeah. answer was rhetorical. He I done got know. paid and did the Chandler Parsons on them folks. He done just. Yeah. Oh, y'all want me to, me to play? <laughs> I will say this, bro. I think it, and this is like off Westbrook. I think it happened after he got paid and a lot of people didn't know. Gordon Hayward then got the most contracts off them one or two All Star years than anybody in NBA history. Yeah, they just keep paying but him, bro. Parts, I think he got injured after he got. Uh, he did. He got, he got into the car race. So I say Chandler Parsons in the sense of you have been robbing organizations. You shook down. You know you shook down the Celtics. They overpaid you. <laughs> And then you came to the Hornets and you shook them down too. And MJ, like a dummy, paid you all that money and you wasn't even. Come on, man. You wasn't. Hey, that's why MJ, they trying to get MJ, Michael Jordan is a horrific general manager. Horrific. And if he wants Russell Westbrook, that should tell you something. They want it because the contract makes sense. It, it, he would be in his last year of his of his expiring contract. Uh, Gordon Hayward against the books next year. I think he almost owe him forty million on a year, and oh, Gordon yes. Hayward. I, yeah, I like that. him when I grow up. They trying to get off of that. That's what they trying to do. It ain't got nothing to do with basketball, bro. It has everything to do with. We right. have too many big cap hits on this team, which they do. Because Ter- Terry Rozier signed a big deal. They got to pay him next year. He's coming up, but, but Terry Rozier bought out this year. He did not have a bad year. Gordon Hayward yeah. is robbing. I'm talking about first-degree felony. And I want to say, say them rookie deals be with, like, two or three years. So, like, Melo about to be coming up for his payday. <laughs> Yo, was, was Gordon oh, yeah, Hayward they, the yeah. that shot the air ball? Huh? Was Gordon Hayward the yeah. that shot the air ball after? That's the uh, one that got $200 million-plus contracts off of nothing. I don't even no, know remember, how. Remember when Melo had that sick pass in the air ball? No, nah, it wasn't. It wasn't going. It was a uh, Caleb Martin track. <laughs> oh, real Shout quick, out to uh, Caleb Martin. Real quick before we, before we wrap. Uh, who's going to be the Lakers' next head coach? Any predictions? 
Uh, with all due respect, Mark Jackson. That's the quote talking about LeBron James, White Savannah James. I don't know how that works. I feel like as Le- as LeBron, as a leader of the team, I'm gonna have to sit Mark. Like you know, what I'm saying if he get hired, like, hey Mark, hey, let's let's have a conversation real quick. <laughs> what did hey, you mean when you said this shit? What was that about my wife? <laughs> what did he say? He could get it. He something? said, with all due respect. I'm hitting that out of the park. Yeah, <laughs> and I closed the quote. Hey, that wasn't yes, fair phrasing. There's no avoidable context on that at all. Like, that is what it is. Hey, <laughs> yeah, like, bro, you just straight up said you would fuck this man wife on national TV. Knock this man wife shit out the park. I mean, it was aggressive. This is like, you talking about some hit it out the park. You ain't even say you was going to single, double, or homer. You ain't say a regular home run. You said you you for the 450 feet that way. Uh, so these are some names that I'm seeing. Uh, in, in in addition to Mark Jackson, um, I love. I I really like to see because I I feel like LeBron succeeded. He wasn't a player's coach. But he, you had like that championship pedigree. Uh, that being uh, with the Miami Heat under Pat Riley, Frank, uh, not Frank Vogel, uh, Eric Spoelstra wasn't a player, but played a little bit of basketball. I think like in the Philippine League and being a video guy for the Heat. Um, but then him being able to mesh well uh, with Tyron Lue, Tyron Lue being a player's coach, um, played in the league for quite a bit of time. Okay. So I like I like that chemistry. Mark that Jackson. Well, Mark Jackson, right? Exactly. That's what I was getting to. Is all like so I would like Mark Jackson in that regard to be able to pair with LeBron. But as we've seen, it's not just about LeBron; it's the other guys. Uh, but I I feel they like they're gonna be gone. You talking about some other guys? They don't huh? This is about what LeBron James wants. The other guys is about to be gone. Trevor gone. Dwight see ya. Uh, <laughs> Kendrick Nunn, you robbed us literally, didn't play a minute. Your ass is grass. You can be out of here too. We, yeah, because we, yeah, no. Chelsea is it? of us talk about the Lakers keep playing back in my head so much this episode. Um, I'm like, Chelsea is it? I'm I'm guilty. Oh. Pull that move. Because I was the first one up around here. Man, they got who? So you're telling me you don't trust the Frank Vogel? And him to be had the pieces to put together. <laughs> I like, hey man, I know y'all want y'all championship. Hey I'm man, just, hey. I like, hey, but hey, Frank, shit, you got you one, right? I think, right after, that, I think right after that episode, I was like, what the hell was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but no, imagine cleaning out your your office and taking your championship right items with you. Come on, man. That's Mark, Mark Jackson going to be like, oh, y'all, I'm dropping drop y'all with, with no championship ring. Kendrick Nunn, Dwight. I'm just saying, Nunn. like, I don't think he's that young. Be happy that you upset. got the coach LeBron James and Anthony Davis and actually get you one. And you'll forever be talking exactly. about the only, so that's COVID, what I'm the only COVID championship in, in NBA history. Congrats, Frank. <laughs> Mark Jackson goes, Anthony yeah. Davis. You're fine. With all today. due respect. Hey, man. The, like, it's bad. Well, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, dude. Mark Jackson, go go clean house. I didn't like now, Mark. 
<laughs> knock it at the park. Come in here, act like you, you got some knock sense it at the now, park, bro. Pat <laughs> McClung, you fired. Bro, that video by itself is going to tear the Lakers organization apart. I don't want. I ain't gonna lie, they don't think they can. I don't even think they can hire Mark just off the strength of that because I don't think Mark Jackson thought he would even be in a position to coach this nigga. Now he like that. Hey, I know I'm gonna have to explain hey, the this first, shit because it's gonna come out. up. Mark Jackson, the past the first season. blowout. That's funny. First, I can see the announcers now. The first blowout. Oh man, Mark Jackson and these Lakers are blo- really blowing it out the park. <laughs> I mean, knocking yeah. it out the park. Nah, that, you got, uh, they talk about uh, David Fisdale uh, possibly being a candidate. Um, then uh, Phil Handy. I don't know if a lot of people know about him. Uh, personal trainer for the Lakers. Kobe uh, been with the Lakers organization for quite some time. Uh, Phil Handy, Mark Jackson. Um, uh, Snyder for the Utah Jazz. It seems I like, like that. Oh, yeah, Nick Nurse. Nick for Nurse. Raptors. I like for Nick Nurse. I like yes. uh, Snyder for the Jazz. A lot of free flow motion offense with set systems. Um, good luck getting LeBron host. James to buy into that. But, you know, trust his players. I like it. He trusts yeah. his players. I want good luck. If Nick Nurse put you on that court, you're gonna you're gonna play. You gonna get some bucket. You gonna get something. Why you put you on that court? LeBron James said, "The system. I'm taking the ball up court. And we run a pick and roll with AD. Guess what? Exactly. Guess what we doing? Guess what's gonna happen? Exactly. He had. He's that passive though. That's that's the beauty about Nick Nurse. Like, nah, Nick play, Nurse yeah, ain't cool. that pass- I ain't gonna lie, bro. He gonna speak his mind. Nah. I just oh, don't I mean, know if it'll he's, be he, he's smart enough to be like, okay, I need you get you do your best. Like, I want a championship without you. I know what I'm doing. Ooh. I, don't know. I'm, I think they're smart enough to, to not go against the grain. I, I think I if Nick Nurse actually does know, I think that'd be like you wanted to with Kawhi, though. That'll be I his think, favorite uh, coach, I think. <laughs> I think. I think. I think AD done. <clears throat> Being a guy. Oh, I think he's still got some in him. I don't give a damn no more, bro, because. I team. wish you could see my face I'm right healthy. now. I'm a motherfucker, but like, I just gotta stay healthy, man. How does your face look like, Jackson? Like, no, I can't explain. It. I want. I wish you could see it. But they must say, "I can't explain it." I can't explain it. He's so amazing. Oh man, but nah, man. Nah, that's been a great episode, beautiful people. Oh. Uh, Man, stay in tune. Y'all stay on so we can talk about it afterwards, man. I, I really want us to try to do something live with the uh, with our viewers for the playoffs and stuff like that. Uh, but now, nah, beautiful people, this is the Respect the Game podcast. We will be back to you next week with a great episode. As always, we do not take y'all beautiful people for listening. And, you know, we will see you next week. <laughs>